Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for seeing, thanks for being in, thanks for downloading, thanks for subscribing and following. It's Justin Hahnemann, ContenderCast, shining a light on bright ideas. If you live in New York or you go to New York regularly, you've probably heard of Domonico's and or been to eat at the Domonico's in New York. And uh, we are talking all about that today um, with their third generation partner, Max Tucci, who's on. I cannot even wait. He not only is super involved in leadership at the restaurant, his family has been involved with it for years, um, but he's also got a great book out called The Domonico Way, Sublime, Entertaining, and Legendary Recipes from the Restaurant That Made New York. Come hungry for today's podcast, Max. It's so great to have you on the podcast. Hey, good morning and afternoon and good evening. <laughs> Thank you for having me here. <laughs> Man, I was so looking forward to this. I now I'm in New York like literally every couple of weeks, it seems like. And so I knew your brand. And when your um, PR person reached out, I was like, oh, my God, this would be so much fun to talk to you. So I really appreciate you being here with us today. Thank you. And I equally um, appreciate being here. You know, together we rise. That's always been my motto. And, you know, being on here is cool and you spreading the word helps. So it's going to be a fun time. I love it. Well, if most many of you probably know Max. If you don't you'll and you know the brand, you're going to learn all about that today. He also has done this before. So, like, it's so much fun when I get to have people on that have hosted podcasts or other types of shows. And um, it just like we just jump right in. So anyway, we're excited to be here. Um, Max, let's do this before we get to kind of current state of what you guys are working on. whatnot. How about share some of your family history and kind of how you got into the business. Absolutely. So before I begin, I always say my grandfather, his motto at the restaurant, his credo was all are welcome to the table. So that's really the focus that I've been having with Delmonico's. And then also the journey, you know, I call it moving forward, looking back. And when we look back at Delmonico's, it originated in New York, the brand in 1827. And first it was a confectionery right downtown on William Street. So imagine the Demonico brothers, these immigrant immigrant brothers, they're coming from, you know, Italy and Switzerland. They're coming to New York. They have this dream and then they start fulfilling their dream. And by 1837, they launched America's first fine dining restaurant. And what does that mean? It means they brought the tablecloth to the table. They brought menus to the table, things that really America never had seen before, unless you were really of the upper society and you've traveled the world. So America's first fine dining restaurant, you know, we've heard it in the Gilded Age and we go through the Gilded Age with Delmonico's. But the most important for me uh, topics that I love to discuss is on April 20th, 420, for those who get the joke, it was the first <laughs> women's luncheon, 1868, the first time women were allowed to dine unaccompanied by men. And the Delmonico family, they really, that was important for them. And I wrote about it in my book, The Delmonico Way. But really, you know, when we go through the history of Delmonico's, it's rich, it's flavorful. Yes, it's hospitality. Yes, it's conviviality and welcoming all to the table. And then the Delmonico family, you know, I have to talk about them because they're such a strong pillar to not only the restaurant, but the culinary industry in New York and the world as we see it today. They were the first restaurants to have a major, and when I say major, cookbook in the 1800s with Chef Charles Ranhofer and the previous chef, Filippini. So I'm talking like culinary history. And then the, the family, you know, they, they were operating it for almost 100 years. And after, you know, they had some financial issues, the brothers got into some gambling, they had extended themselves too much into further locations. And so by the time the 1920s hit and prohibition hit, they 
really were calling it a day. Wow. And, you know, the brand was really was was going, you know, the brand would have been forgotten if not for my grandfather. Wow. So we enter the 1920s. My grandfather, Oscar Tucci, a Tuscan immigrant from Florence, Italy, loved the hospitality industry, had traveled to America numerous times before, you know, he came here to live in the 1920s. And when he saw that Delmonico building the first time, he wanted it. And by, you know, you have to sometimes when they say, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> I like to say he was the creator of his reality. Wow. And he really created something magical. He saw the building, he manifested it. And not only did he manifest it, he ended up buying it. And in 1926, he created a speakeasy in the basement. And he still operated a restaurant upstairs, but not that glamorous. And from 1926 to 1933, had a speakeasy in the lower level of 56 Beaver Street in New York. And then the history goes on and we'll talk about it on the show. But by the <laughs> 1950s, he was operating 63,000 square feet of restaurant space. Wow, that's massive. <laughs> I mean, so incredible. <laughs> I mean, like, listen, for all the entrepreneurs that listen that are, you know, a couple years in, this is like 1827. That's crazy. Um, yeah. So crazy. And we're also talking about your book, The Delmonico Way, sublime, entertaining, and legendary recipes from the restaurant that made New York. We'll get to that um, later on our show. Um, okay, so talk about now, so great history and, and lessons um, early, you know, in, in the time of this restaurant. I mean, so we're where did you plug in and like talk about your path? <laughs> <laughs> so I have a really interesting path with this, really this brand of Delmonico's. It's become part of my life. I I'm live sure. it, I sleep it, <laughs> eat it. You know, it's really, it's, it's not something that let's say I was going to really get into. Um, but my ancestors were always leading the way. And, you know, to get the stories in the book, but to get really into my personal story, I grew up in this. You know, it was all I knew. I remember going to my friend's house for the first time when I was little. And I don't say this to like be snotty, but it's just like my reality. And they didn't have a pastry chef. And I was like, what do you mean you don't have a pastry chef? <laughs> right. And that's when I really started noticing that, you know, I was really in this amazing family, this culinary family that loved food, that loved friendship, that loved really the conviviality and also serving others. And so as a child, I mean, when I was writing the book, the New York Times, I found articles where they had written about little Max cleaning the ashtrays, little Max changing the light bulbs, checking for chips on the plate, which are things that today at 45, I still do. I'm checking <laughs> light bulbs and not even in my own restaurant, in restaurants all over. You wow. know, so it's it's kind of it's in me. It's in my DNA. Sure. And um, and so really, that was my path. My father, unfortunately, though, passed away in 1987. And so I now, in retrospect, I, I do a lot of meditation. I see that his death really gave me my life because they were grooming me to really take over Delmonico's. But I really needed to live my life first. And sure. so I got into, into fashion photography. I won awards in that. I got into podcasts before it was even podcasts. Right. It was called, <laughs> we were talking about that. You know, <laughs> it, it, was called, it was called Internet Radio or something bizarre so like funny. that. And that's why I would say good morning, good afternoon, good evening, right? Because I never know where you're tuning in from. <laughs> that's right. But, um, you know, and I did that successfully for 15 years. I mean, won tons of awards. But always the shows that I love would go back to food, entertainment, hospitality. And so um, I really wanted to write a book celebrating my grandfather's history. And I never thought that the book would then translate into a cookbook, become an Amazon number one bestseller, remind me of the past remind me of Delmonico's, but yet want me to ever more so share the stories. And so it's 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 part of my DNA. 
And, um, you know, now I'm a third generation partner. What does that mean, right? Yes, my father, my grandfather, the Tucci family, but also, you know, the brand officer and really continuing this brand that my grandfather saved, resurrected, saved the building. They were even going to knock it down at 56 Beaver Street. Crazy. So, you know, there was um, there's a lot. And I'm now, you know, I'm carrying the torch of not only the Tucci family, but also the Delmonico family. Totally. Wow. Um, so you've been involved with the, the organization now for quite some time and you've seen a change in the evolution. Like what's different now versus like maybe the when you first got involved, you know, how have things changed in, in not only the restaurant industry, but for Delmonico's? You know, here's for me, and I say this often and I love getting in trouble by saying oh, it. Great. The industry has changed because... I see, and from my perspective of growing up in the industry, the celebrity chef. Today, a lot of customers are going to restaurants to see the chef. When back when my family was operating Delmonico's, and I'm not saying that necessarily today for Delmonico's, but big restaurants with big celebrity chefs, right? Absolutely. The chef would always come to see the guest. Totally. It wasn't about the guest going to see the chef. So there's been like a transition where, you know, we're all celebrating the chef, and we're not really celebrating the guest. You know, it's like, so for me, I, you know, it's like, I see a change in that. As far as Delmonico's goes, it's such an iconic, legendary brand, right? And so with that being said, you know, I get all the time, oh, you guys didn't invent the wedge salad. No, actually, my grandfather <laughs> did in the 1930s, right? You guys didn't invent eggs Benedict. Actually, it was on the menus in 1860 for Le Grand Benedict, right? You didn't, uh, what? You didn't invent baked Alaska, actually. You know, so I get a lot of that. And that's why when I did this book, I ha- I hired a historian, Becky Diamond. Wow. We really went into the archives. Not only mine, I have over 30,000 pieces of ephemera um, and, and, and really this incredible um, inventory of memorabilia that my Aunt Mary Tucci, who worked at the restaurant, she was the iron fist with the lace glove, they called her. But she saved everything. And wow. so to really go into the history and understand what it means um, is super important to me. Honoring my ancestors, honoring the – look, my grandfather, his motto, all are welcome to the table. Totally. You know, I, I feel I like I need that. to get that tattoo. <laughs> yeah, right? I love that. Um, you know, there's a beautiful, there's a beautiful um, letter. When I was doing the book, and I bring this up because the importance just to see – how Delmonico's was and still is. And so when we were looking for the forward, I had so many wonderful celebrities um, and noted personalities who wanted to do the forward for the book. And I was going through the letters and the archives, and I found a letter from my grandfather. And so my grandfather wrote, at Delmonico's, I've served hundreds of lunches daily and grand galas and dinners. It is my aim to please my loyal clientele and give them the highest quality food prepared in an appetizing manner in an elegant atmosphere. All are welcomed at my table. And he said that in 1953. And so today, in 2024, we're still saying those same words that Oscar Tucci said. It's so crazy. Yeah. I, um, such a, like, such powerful words, too, right? Um, you guys can check out the book at thedelmonicoway.com. And, of course, you can check out the original Delmonico's.com for the restaurant side of the business. Um, okay. So we'll talk about the book in just a moment. How has your clientele changed or stayed the same over time? In other words, do you rely on a lot of repeat guests or do, is it a lot of new? Like, how does that, how do you think about that? Yeah, that's a great question. Over time, 
Delmonico's during, you know, my grandfather and my father served 1,200 lunches a day. Oh, my right? gosh. So imagine wow. operating this huge space on the floors. And he owned, you know, the entire building. On one of the floors, there was a, a um, the Lehman Brothers had um, their wonderful dining room. The Harvard Lunch Club had their dining room. There was the Bull and Bear Club, the Roman Room, the Python Room, the Hunt Room, the Palm Room. You know, so it was a really elegant atmosphere of all these wow. different uh, spaces. And so the clientele then was predominantly Wall Street. Lunches sure. were major, you know, and even right before COVID and pandemic, sure. it was always Wall Street. You know, there was that Wall Street buzz, that financial buzz. There were movies written about Delmonico's. You know, there was one movie called The Associate and they go to Delmonico's. <laughs> right. And so it's it was always in film from Hello, Dolly to Life with Father. So Delmonico's was where you went either because you were in business or because you were going to celebrate. And so the night times in the 1950s and 40s and 60s were difficult because we couldn't get people down to the right, restaurant. Right, because they came down for work. Down Got it. Right. So my grandfather, I like to say, started the first Uber and he had Cadillacs limousines that would go uptown and midtown and Upper East Side and bring clients down. Right. Wow. So that was one way that he and not only that, he was clever. He would have Lena Horn perform and Gypsy Rose Lee. Marilyn Monroe was always there and Elizabeth Taylor and Cary Grant, you know, so it was really buzzing with celebrity. Today, Delmonico's, you know, and my one thing that's funny is my father, you know, he wasn't keen on having children in the restaurant. He was like, Delmonico's is too sophisticated, even for his own children. You know, like we would go during <laughs> wow. dark. Got it. So today when I see Delmonico's, right, and when I'm there and the lunches, you know, we're picking up on lunches, we're really only three months open, right? Sure. Um, I'm seeing a lot more families. You know, downtown Wall Street area became really a residential family neighborhood. Totally. So we're seeing more families, right? And then as the night gets later, obviously, we're seeing a really beautiful crowd, an amazing group of people. Tourists love Delmonico's. They see it in film. They see it in television. They want to be at Delmonico's, especially with the Gilded Age. You know, right. they drop Delmonico's like every season, you know, every episode they go to Delmonico's. So we have <laughs> tourists. I love when my tourists come because a lot of people who are coming to Delmonico's, right, it's either they are saved up for it because they want to celebrate or I love the stories when they say, my grandmother got married here. Totally. The other How day cool I was is at that? the airport. Right. And I was checking in. Right. It's the best. And the woman who was at TSA, she's like, oh, I had my Delmonico sweatshirt proudly on. And she's like, Delmonico's? I'm like, yeah, New York. Yes. She goes, I got engaged there. And then I knew that I had to get married there. And that was 7707. So, you know, those are the oh stories that I love. Like right. <laughs> Where like the most random places someone has a connection to this iconic legendary restaurant that made New York. That's so cool. It's amazing. Um, so, so amazing. Okay. So then how did you get the idea for the book um, and share a little of the, of the backstory there? I know you, you talked about some of the research you had done and whatnot, pretty incredible, all that you've pulled together for it. When did this idea come about and how is it um, and where are you in the launch process? Well, thank you for asking. The book was a 15 year process. Oh my gosh. 15 years. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And for those who are listening and you are writing a book or you want to write a book, the beautiful word that I've learned during the process is no. <laughs> No's become your best friend. They really do. And Sherry Salada, who I interviewed on my show, Max and Friends, many years ago, who was the executive producer for Oprah Winfrey Show, she wrote a book called The Beautiful No. And she was sharing her story, but I never really, like, you know, that was her story. But then when I was doing this book and I was realizing they're really... 
there is beauty in no, and there is that beautiful no. And so I look at rejection protection, right? If someone doesn't want you in business, that's the best that you owe them a fruit basket because they've saved you time, right? Wow. And so the book, I was rejected by publishers. I had lit agents. They were like, oh, and then Delmonico's doesn't have enough social media numbers. You know, is it relevant? It was like all of these like bizarre no's. Wow. And then it was like, you know, you've got to keep going. If this is your dream, you have to dream bigger and take those no's because someone eventually will say yes, right? They will say yes. And if you look in retrospect of your life, you will remember the no's that led to the yeses. Totally. Right? So this book was really a journey of never giving up and sharing my family's story, sharing the story of this legendary restaurant, sharing the story of the Delmonico's, the Tucci's, the love of food, the culinary world, those that came out of Delmonico's who first worked for my grandfather. So I would, you know, the passion that I have for the brand and for my family and for Delmonico's is really, it's really what kept me going. And so the book started off really as just, um, a story about my grandfather. And I don't say just like, I just story about my grandfather, <laughs> but his incredible journey, sure. right? And then over the years, it was tweaked. And then it was like, oh, let's do a cookbook. And then I was offered to do a bachelor cookbook. I was listed in Gotham Magazine as one of New York's most eligible bachelors. And so they were like, oh, let's <laughs> do a bachelor cookbook. And it was called Romancing the Stove. You know, and it was like this the fun stove. book, but it nice. didn't feel authentic. Romancing the Stove. But it didn't feel authentic to, to me or to the brand, right? Um, yes, it was a fun, clever book, but it never happened. And now I realize it wasn't supposed to because the Delmonico way was supposed to happen. Oh, and for... how this book happened was really fascinating. Uh, for years, I didn't really understand or know that we had all of these archives. And finally, when my Aunt Mary's will, when it was probated, like I was given the key to like, you know, I call it like the Little Mermaid's treasure trove of all things Delmonico's. And it was menus printed on silk from the 1800s from the royal family. It was yes books with autographs from Babe Ruth and Gypsy Rose Lee. You know, it was letters from mayors and presidents. And so I was like, oh, the book just got bigger, right? Jeez, <laughs> oh, um, wow. There was so much stuff that finally my editor, Caitlin, who I love, and I say this in every interview, when she said, Max, if everything is special, then nothing is special, right. right? So she goes, we really have to condense this. And so we have recipes, we have stories, we have cocktails, we have photographs of the of those that dined at Delmonico's. And my celebrity chef friends, Carla Hall, she gave me her take on the baked Alaska. And also Letty Alvarez from Cupcake Wars, she gave me her baked Alaska. And um, Andrew Zimmern gave me his grandmother's aspic man, uh, recipe. So, you know, a lot of um, the intention behind the book was to to celebrate Delmonico's, but also to get takes from other people on classic recipes from other chefs and culinary enthusiasts. Got it. So, okay, why don't you highlight maybe one or two or three of your favorite recipes in the book? Uh, I I know. I I know it's a a tough task, but give our our audience like some little taste, no pun intended, for what's inside. Indeed. (laughs) So one of my favorite recipes is the Old Delmonico's Jubilee. It's literally the the last recipe in the cookbook. And it was a favorite of Marlena Dietrich. And I know this because my Mary wrote it in her diary, which I found in these archives. And what I love about this is it really sets off the tone for people who don't know how to cook to feel like they do. 
It's so simple. It's cherries, it's sugar, it's lemon juice, it's vanilla bean. And the best part of it all is you flambe it. Right? So you get a really good brandy. You do a table side. You get that flame going. Of course, be careful and use common sense. Right? Don't burn right. the house <laughs> of course. But, um, but what I love about Cherry's Jubilee is, and we have an ice cream recipe in the book, but you could put it on ice cream. You could put it on the cheesecake recipe in the book. You know, you could put it even on the baked Alaska. It is one of the most versatile, um, I think, recipes in the book. I've cooked it on Samron Hall. It's it's easy, it's great, and it's wonderful. I also have to say the Delmonico steak. You know, it's totally. in the book. And you got to go with that, really right? That's what Delmonico has become famous for. Yeah. Um, and remember, Delmonico's wasn't always a steakhouse. It was fine French dining with international cuisine. In the 1990s, it shifted towards a steakhouse. Today, we have a phenomenal chef, uh, Chef Eddie Hong. He's incredible. Korean descent. He brings a global flair to our really steak-driven restaurant. But he's incredible. And one of my – and his, the steaks at the restaurant, let me tell you, Amazing. When you have one, you will go nowhere else. Delmonico's for reservations for steak will always it'll be a speed dial. And then speed I love the lobster. Yeah, speed dial Delmonico's. I love the lobster Newberg, which originally was called the lobster Wenberg. And it was on the menu, get this, in 1876. Wow. Wow. Right? <laughs> and so to be able to have it in a cookbook, in the twenty in the twenty twenties, just shows you the longevity of a recipe, but how you know really Delmonico's kitchen then created the most incredible iconic dishes that we know today, and then of course the cocktails, the Bloody Mary is amazing. Of course, yeah. Um, you know, it's like come on, you you put a a lobster claw and some caviar, and of course you make it amazing. But oh then God. there's drinks like Carrie Grant's favorite drink, um, the Fedora. Old New York and the Delmonico. I have several versions of the Delmonico, the classic Delmonico, my grandfather's, the Oscar secret Delmonico, and then the modern Delmonico, which is a take on Paul Zahn on this Gilded Age classic cocktail. So cool. Yeah, you guys can check out the book at Demonico, thedemonicoway.com. Um, okay. And then as we come to a close, you've got some um, – you're launching a brunch this year, right? It's the restaurant side of things. Yeah. So and talk about so, that. How do you think about that? You know, I love brunch. It's one of my favorite things because it's like, you know, I can't, it's a commit to breakfast or lunch. It's like, oh, on the weekend and brunch is that perfect time. Totally. 12 to 3, we're taking reservations. Right. So we take them online. You can, you know, you can call us um, and it's really go and go online and, and see, you know, on Instagram at Delmonico's New York. You know, you could see our brunch specials, but brunch is always a, it's a great time to celebrate at Delmonico's. You know, it's a little less hectic at night than night. Um, totally. And it's just a cool vibe. And there's free parking in this city on the weekends by the restaurant. Exactly. Which so is like crazy. That itself is worth coming. <laughs> <laughs> totally. You know, but, um, it hasn't, Delmonico's hasn't had brunch since like the 1970s. So this is like a wow. new thing for Delmonico's. We're open seven days a week, um, Monday through Sunday. And, you know, dinners and lunches and brunches and all the wonderful things that when you get to the restaurant and you see this these amazing double doors and the columns that were brought in from Pompeii, which, by the way, there is a wonderful tradition. You rub those columns for good luck because every celebrity uh, in the 1950s and 60s would always do it. Wow. So I'm bringing that back, you know, and that. And so when you walk into Delmonico's, it's just you're going into this time capsule of being in a place where the most incredible people have dined 
for almost 200 years. That's so crazy. That's yeah, amazing, the history there. Um, you know, I always have to ask our guests some of their biggest lessons learned and, and you know, helping to grow a brand. And, and you've got such good experience in this space. Like, what would be two or three things that are, are lessons you've learned or things that didn't work that you learned from? Hmm. Uh, the beautiful no is well, one of my I think that's a great lessons. one. I was going to highlight you know, that. That's a perfect one to start with. <laughs> it is. And rejection is protection. You know, we get in our own way sometimes instead of seeing the bigger picture. You know, when those no's come in, look at them from a different angle. You know, I, I like to say that no's are a kaleidoscope. You kind of just have to turn it and see the different image of why someone told you no. And no doesn't mean it's over. Right. You know, it just means when I hear no, it means it's time for a conversation. So that's number one, right? Love that. Number two for a brand. If the brand is not your passion, don't do it. It has to be your passion and your dream. And then when you get it finally going, you have to dream bigger, right? So don't just like, oh, be happy where you are. Continue to strive and grow and expand. Look with Delmonico's, we're doing Gold Belly. I'm now doing a collaboration with Fritz Knipschultz of Chocolates. We're doing baked Alaska bonbons and cherry Jubilee bonbons. So, and then we have the night collection and, and the most incredible cutting boards are being made, handmade in Colorado, right? And so when you think about the brand, be able to expand it and be willing to do the work, right? And then my final offering for everyone listening, because this is my daily mantra every morning. Here we go. I wake up and I say, I am open to the three O's, offers, options, and opportunities, Right. Ooh, I love that. So when you put yourself in that space of being open for offers, options, and opportunities, and you're willing to do the work, I promise you they will come in. Right. And then you get to categorize. Um, and like so mindset. I always say it is a total mindset, right? We're the creators of our reality, right? And sure. so we're either going to be able to create something incredibly, or we're going to take those no's and we're going to get stuck in them. And we're going to feel like, oh, why me? You know what? Why not you? Because you're here doing it, and if it's your passion and your dream, success will already be there. And you don't have to figure out how to make it successful. You just got to figure out how you're going to do the work and do it. Wow. Those are my, those are my tips. Dude, that's some amazing to... advice. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and you ought to write a book on that. Um, dude, Max, so fun meeting you and having you with us. Um, I, I've shouted out some of the websites and whatnot as we've gone through today. But how yeah. about recap for us where our audience can find you, or they can book reservations, where they can find the book, how they can connect, et cetera. Thank you. And thank you so much for the opportunity to be here. It was super fun. And time flies, right? I know, so it does, Instagram right? <laughs> at it does. It surely does. At Max Tucci is mine. At the Demonico is the book. At Demonico's New York is the restaurants. Of course, we have our website, the Delmonico Way, the original Delmonico's. Google Delmonico's and make sure it's the one at 56 Beaver Street, okay? And um, we have a portal there for reservations. Um, and if you, you want to do parties or events, you know, email me, maxtucci at theoriginaldelmonico's.com. We do buyouts. We do special occasions. We do weddings. You know, Delmonico's is a huge space. It's 14,000 square feet. Right. Massive. So if you're wow. considering a big event, let us know. Um, and if you're just considering a quiet dinner, you know, let us know. We would love to welcome you like my grandfather did to the table. Totally. Dude, I love that. What a great phrase. I mean, amazing. Um, I look forward to coming to visit and I'm sure others are as well or will. And um, man, had so great having you on. You got to come back on down the road as you continue to expand the business and, and um, share more of your great leadership insights with us. It's been great having you with us today. 
Thank you. I look forward to it. You know, on my show, I used to say the first time you're a friend, the second time you're family. So I look forward to coming <laughs> there we back go. when I have the cocktail book. Right? I love it. <laughs> that would be awesome, man. Thanks. And happy new year. I mean, we've got an incredible year ahead. 2024. I like to say 2023 was the warm up, everyone. I so know. There's good energy, right? Great energy into 2024. Amazing. The Contender Cast is powered by Contender Brands and is the top global consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast. You can find additional Contender Cast episodes on worldwide podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at ContenderCast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender. <laughs>